Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trouble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you doing? You can ask for the Lord. <laughs> Don't spoil best line. Oh, I was going to say, best line's already a death lock. Yeah, um, done. Done. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about probably the best Peter Jackson movie. I'm sorry, Lord of the Rings, but you can fuck off. It's pretty good. <laughs> Dead Alive. Um, a movie that. Like, if we're looking at, like, rational thought and reason, this movie flies directly against that. It's like, well, fuck you. We're going to do our own thing, and it's going to be glorious and amazing. And the main character's mother is, like, a bloated monster with big titties at the end. It's just a wild movie. You are either on board or you're not. And I'm on board. Ten out of ten. Someone beats up a baby during part of it. Like... Yep. Yep. And that's not even touching that. Like... Here's the thing about this movie. I'm we're getting just knee deep into this. By the time you get into the third act, it is consistently like a hold my beer. It is like hold my beer fifty times over. Like you think, oh, like there's no way they can top that. Oh, they will. Oh, they can't top that. Oh, they will again. This movie's just amazing. I love Breaking. I'm so glad we're getting to shine a light on this underrated masterpiece because I don't think a lot of people talk about this movie that much. I mean, not as much as they should, if I'm being honest, but. No, yeah, I don't think I had even really heard until I saw that come up for the podcast. So, not even, like, by its North American name, Dead Alive, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, so I thank you for blessing me with this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, like, it was even, like, the last two weeks ago when we were recording, we, like, we mentioned that we are doing this. I know, Steve, you got excited. You were like, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's when you quoted "I Kick Ass for the Lord" the first time. Right. And I was like, oh, I need to watch this. <laughs> and to me, this movie's dead alive. Yeah, like it has been for a long time. Like I, I do know that I, I have known the Brain Dead title for for a while, but for the longest time, it was dead alive to me. And that's the yeah. cover that I remember. You know, the the woman's face with the pulling the the mouth open and stuff like that. Like I, that's what I remember it as, especially in the VHS times. So. Um, Brain Dead was like when I started getting deeper into like oh finding different editions of it and stuff like that. I'm like oh okay it was called it's called Brain Dead. Oh weird. I always thought it was a, like for the first little while I always thought it was a different movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah and you know what I actually remember that movie poster of the yeah. woman holding her mouth with the the skull or whatever coming out. I have memories of that movie poster but I had no idea what movie it was actually attached to. I'm just looking at an letterbox and they. In the credits, they put Queen Elizabeth II of the United Kingdom. Because <laughs> she's, like, she's in archive footage. But it's just funny that Queen Elizabeth II, is, uh, she's got a movie credit in Brain Dead. Yeah, she makes an appearance, yeah. A little cameo. Yeah. I don't know. I think this movie's just so effortlessly cool and fun. Like, how would you not just love it instantly? Um, I mean, don't, don't watch it after you've eaten a big meal or anything like that. You might not love it then. Oh, I was the pure psychopath that was eating during the third act. 
like, oh my no gosh. chill. I was eating, you know, guts are flying everywhere. I'm like, yeah, I can do this, no problem. You know, the guts flying was actually less gross to me than before that, when the mother is dealing with her early issues and she's got pus flying everywhere. Oh, oh I mean, no, I can't. That's, that stuff to me is almost grosser than, like, the lawnmower scene when people are having all their bits chopped off. I mean, it's going to turn you off from eating custard for a long time, that's for sure. Oh, <laughs> I honestly, like, just on its own, do not eat a lot of custard. I don't think I can do it after this movie. Yeah, I think custard's on the no-go list, you know. Um, <laughs> uh, I want to know what the kill count is for this movie, because it has to be in the triple figures, at least. Like. Yeah, they get impressed. They're an impressive uh, killer team. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot, and uh, justifiably so. Um, I don't know, the, with this movie, does it not feel sometimes like the acting verges on... Um, the room that was the Tommy Wiseau <laughs> movie, right? Like, it's yeah, just yeah. on like that level of like awfulness at times, and I, I'm also here for it 100%. It's hard to say because I feel like there are definitely some people who are acting up a, a little bit of the, the, the silliness, yeah. like when they're, um, when uh, Pahita is with a blender trying to blend the baby, and the baby goes in and she gives like this giant spot. She just looks so pleased with herself during that scene. Like there are definitely some bits that are like, okay, they're they're definitely leaning into the the, the goofiness of what's going on here. Yeah. The kill count I can find is seventy-two. That, that seems pretty low, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, also not included in that is two monkeys and a dog. Mm. Well, yeah. That's... Your mother ate my dog. <laughs> And that's wow. Madrin Monkey. I mean, that was that was a creepy looking thing. I just love to like <laughs> the effects are are, uh, are pretty dated on it, so it's pretty funny looking at it. I'm like, well, one of these doesn't look like a monkey at all, does it? But yeah, I'm surprised that something like that would ever end up in a zoo <laughs> and not being studied by scientists somewhere, yeah. you know. But yeah. I guess they made a bit of money off of that. Yeah, but what is brain dead dead alive even about? Well. Overprotective mother Vera Cosgrove, spying on her grown son Lionel as he visits the zoo with the lovely Paquita, is accidentally bitten by the fearsome Sumatran rat monkey. When the bite turns his beloved mother into a zombie, Lionel tries to keep her locked safely in the basement, but her uh, repeated escapes turn most of the neighbors into the walking dead and then crash a high society party thrown by Lionel's boorish Uncle Les. <laughs> and everyone gets destroyed in this movie. That's amazing. <laughs> All for three million dollars. That's insane. Like that right. is that goes to like now knowing that like I can see why they gave him Lord of the Rings because yeah. the man knows how to stretch a budget. Yeah, he really does. And make it look like like four times of what it is. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, fuck. I mean, just just that third act set piece alone looks like it spent the entire budget. I just want to imagine they were like, guys, we got like this, uh, these extra bags of fake blood. Like, what should we do with them? Oh, I got a few things we can do with this. Like, throw into a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, first time watching. Uh, when was the first time you ever watched this? Uh, my my buddy Rob showed me this movie in the '90s, and I just I couldn't believe it was real. <laughs> it's it's it, it's it's just so insane and um I saw it before I saw Bad Taste. Oh uh, which even more which pushes even more 
Uh, I mean, Peter Jackson spends, uh, for spoilers, but in bad taste, Peter Jackson spends most of the movie trying to hold his skull together. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I couldn't believe that the narrative choices that these films took, it was so foreign to me and so brash and definitely both those movies leave a mark on you um, creatively and as far as like furthering what you see in the genre like I, I feel like if you have if you love horror and you haven't seen either of those films now you're kind of doing a disservice and I mean Taylor you've kind of probably figured that out pretty quickly into this one you're like how the fuck have I not seen this yeah it was a wild fucking ride that's for sure <laughs> I kind of want to do Bad Taste one of these days. <laughs> bad Taste would be great to do. I, I was recently watching the uh, uh, In Search of Darkness Part 2, which Part 3 is on the way. I keep seeing ads for it. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, they're doing a trilogy. Okay, I need this box set now. Yeah. Um, and there's a, they, they cover Bad Taste, and it's, uh, it's funny to see how influential Bad Taste was on a lot of people, and you don't even really think about it. Yeah. But, uh, I, I mean, just from the beginning of the guy flying off the cliff and landing on the rocks. Oh, my god! It's like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> yeah. I've added bad taste to my list. Maybe I will watch it as one of my Halloween movies today. Oh, do it. It's an, it's an alien film at its heart. Yeah. Oh, cool. I mean, if you like uh, Brain Dead, you'll like bad taste. Yeah, absolutely. So. Cool. Uh, first time watching for me was, yeah, like, I was in my early 20s, so probably like a decade ago. And the uh, funny story about this one is I rented it from Roger's Video. This is going real old school. It's Roger's Video. It's like a video rental store. And uh, I rented it, and I went to go bring it back, and the store was closed. Oh. <laughs> I still have the DVD. Because like, I went to go return it, and the store was closed. I couldn't even return it. I'm like, fuck, I guess I'm keeping, keeping Brain Dead with me. So... I still have that uh, Rogers video cover with the DVD in there, and uh, that's actually how I rewatched it. I just put on the DVD, and yeah. So yeah, I mean, the, few, the one uh, keepsake I have of Rogers video before it uh, went belly up. <laughs> same with Blockbuster; they were all kind of like of the same breath. So, uh, if only you had been psychic and known, you could have gotten so many more movies. Well, I remember, like, because uh, I was at university at the time, and I was at the downtown SFU here in Vancouver campus and on the bottom level because there was like there was it was a multi-floor building on the bottom floor was like a blockbuster and I remember I went in there once and they were just like closing up everything and they had a bunch of stuff for sale that was like super cheap because they were like basically going under and um yeah like I got like some DVDs and stuff for like two bucks because they were just looking to get rid of it so cool yeah there's something to be said about, like, the days of, like, just going through a video store, looking at the cover, knowing nothing about the movie, but you just look at the cover and you're like, oh, this movie's got to be great. I mean, looking at the cover for Brain Dead, you would be like, yeah, I'm on board for this. I know nothing about this, but, like, a skull coming through mouth, yeah, I'm, I'm game for that. Yeah, yeah, browsing through the Netflix selection definitely doesn't hit the same way that browsing shelf of VHS or DVDs does. No, no. Okay. Um... Yeah. Taylor, what about you? Uh, oh, for the podcast, with as with most of the movies we watched, but especially the older ones. And this one was, uh, yeah, just one that, yeah, I'd seen the movie cover, but for some reason I had just never known of anything about the actual movie um, until I looked it up and watched it for the podcast. And I, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, not even just a regular horror comedy, it's a New Zealand 
a horror comedy, which I love anything that's also made from New Zealand, so, yeah. There's a certain humor that's kind of unique to them. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me that we should add Black Sheep to our list, our ever-growing list. It's going on the list. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, we got a couple emails here. Brad says, I feel like this reminds me of Evil Dead 2 in some ways. I can see it. Humor, horror, is a little bit yeah. It's definitely got that kind of over-the-top uh, humor to it, where it, like the characters are playing it up a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah, I can see that. I can agree with that assessment. I mean, I think they're different movies in a lot of ways, but I think there's some level of similarity there. Uh, Alright. Um... Kyla says, has Peter Jackson ever made a better movie than this? No. <laughs> I think we determined that at the beginning of this episode. I mean, the Hobbit movies will tell you that, yeah, no. It, it, oh, don't, don't remind me of the Hobbit. I was so hyped on the Hobbit. I remember I bought tickets, I was in line, and I was so disappointed. I was so angry. I guess I still saw the other two, because I was like, well, maybe they get better. Nope, never did. Second one's like a video game. The Errol sequence in the second movie is just like, how long is this? 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's the first, like, Lord of the Rings movies, sure, those are good. I don't have the fondness for them that other people do. I think it's a generational thing, but I can still respect them. For what they Watch are. them. Yeah, I, I, I suggest watching them through the lens that he was a horror filmmaker, and you'll see so many, like, oh, shit. Like, like uh, yeah. the ring race scenes, you're like, oh, man, that reminds me of elements that he did in the Frighteners and stuff like that. Like, you can, you can see his progression towards Lord of the Rings, because Lord of the Rings was such a passion project for him, too, right? Yeah. You can see so many different nods to what he would do later in his career and stuff. There's even, uh, I mean, Frighteners, uh, Frighteners, um, the, the final product, was what got him King Kong at uh, Universal. Like, that movie had been in development ever since um, the Frighteners hit theaters. Wow. I have a controversial opinion. I, I, I think The Hobbit should be remade as a musical. <laughs> just, just solely based off of how many songs are in the actual book and, and like, Lord of the Rings in general. I just, they're just so much fun, and I just wish that they could be included more, that's all. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's something to be said about those uh, early to mid-2000s franchises being continued on. Like, we got the Harry Potter movies, and then they made those... Uh, series but it's like the new the new ones that come oh, out oh fantastic beast is that what you're talking about yeah it's uh, like can't we leave well enough alone i mean star wars sure they touched on that for a bit and that was that was yeah there, i mean the problem with fantastic beast is jk rowling can't leave well enough alone <laughs> anyway yeah. classic uh classic jk rowling yeah oh gosh yeah um cool uh best line i think is there anything else aside from a kick ass for the Lord? Um, I did have a couple of other ones, like the Your Mother Ate My. Not all of it. <laughs> that one was good. And then after he beats up the demon baby in the park, he walks past those those women and he's like, oh, hyperactive. And then he just walks up. <laughs> <away. laughs> that one was pretty good, too. I mean, there's. This movie's kind of wild in that, like, when it comes to awards, every time I think I had one, there was another thing that just kind of one upped it. Like. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, I felt confident every time I was watching a kill in the third act. I'm like, this is my my favorite kill. And then like two seconds later, I'm like, no, nah, never mind. This got one up. Okay, let's. Absolutely. This one's my new favorite. No, there's another one that was even better than that. But yeah, 
I think for best line though, I don't think you can top I kick ass for the Lord. Like I'm gonna use that in conversations in my life. <laughs> oh yeah. Or at least at least with my husband, who I immediately turned to and went, Babe, he said that he kicks ass for the Lord. <laughs> Your husband watched this with you because I'd be really curious if you made it through. No, he, he, he actually did not watch this with me. I do not know. I, honestly, I, he's not that bad with the gore. It's more like the jump scares, especially the shitty cheap jump scares that he hates. Um, but the gore stuff might not be so bad, although this does quite overdo it. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, because my girlfriend's not in horror that much. Yeah, the little bit that we watched, she was just like, nope. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. I'm like, you know what? I have been desensitized my life. Like, these things don't face me. I'm eating during the third act of this movie, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a stomach uh, strong strength that I don't think I have. Yeah. Um, best performance. Father the Creator. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I necessarily have any that super stands out. He's just going balls to the wall. For it, you know what I mean. Yeah. He's just—he's just absolutely ramping it up, and um, I mean, yeah, nobody in this movie is particularly good, um, <laughs> but they all get their all in their performances. Like I, I won't say that they're not trying, because mm-hmm. everybody's trying in this one. But I—I I mean, for his name is uh, Stuart uh, Devaney. Um, he like, he goes full action hero in that scene. Yeah. Like and it's such a it's such a dramatic shift of characters where he's just like essentially Rambo, yeah, <laughs> and then gets killed, which is like my favorite death in the movie. Mm. Yes, well he had the power of God on his side helping. Yep. So, I think most of the performances are pretty good. I I I don't like the actor that plays Lionel that much. He kind of I don't know falls a little flat, but I did really well, like um, uh, Elizabeth Dad, Timothy Balmy. Yeah, yeah. He's just I don't know. He never really come. He never really makes it more than just like an everyman, which I guess is kind of the point of his character. He's supposed to be like an everyman, he's supposed to do it. But I think they could have done more with that performance. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the first time he showed up on screen and had his interaction with mom and everything, I was oh, this is just Norman Bates. Like it just seems like he's kind of play. He played uh, like a slightly more nervous Norman Bates almost. But like we don't learn too much else about him as a character other than he lives with his mom. Like. I, I feel like we don't really get too much in depth in, in behind the scenes for him. Yeah, I mean, I put down uh, the mom, uh, Elizabeth Moody, who plays Faircroft. Mm-hmm. I thought she was just so great. Like, she like she really plays up that like insincere love that's like in this movie where you're like she's definitely not a good person, but like you can tell that she's trying to manipulate and gaslight him to like thinking that she's a good mother. Um, like even lines like no one will love you like your mother like yeah it's uh and then they turn her into a giant monster and it's creepy and stuff with nightmares so yeah and you know what is uh is kind of ironic is that if he hadn't act if he had listened to it not gone to the zoo with Bahida, his mother never would have followed him there and never would have gotten bitten by that rat monkey and this maybe never would have happened at all mm-hmm. but he did free himself from his mom so maybe yeah. worth it my year hey, dead, but you know what? In the end, his love is stronger because of it. I mean, everyone else, yeah, is dead, I guess. But he has love now, <laughs> which I think is the point of them getting together in, in the end of the movie. But... Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to worry about a mother-in-law. True. But in... <laughs> um, you guys ever see Cemetery Man? Cemetery Man. With the, 
with uh, Rupert Everett. It's like kind of it's like um, I think it's like an Italian uh, co-production. It's also known as Della Morte, Della Morte, and it's basically like um, Rupert Everett plays like a like an undertaker who his um, his bodies keep coming back to life and stuff. No, I've never seen those. It's another comedy horror. I think it would really it, it'd be a really neat one two punch with Dead Alive or Brain Dead. Mm. And 90s was a good time for horror. Like Yeah, absolutely. I, looking back, like I, I'm more of an 80s horror guy, but like I don't know some of the stuff that we've been covering from the 90s. I'm like, oh, there's some good stuff here. Mm, yeah, Corey Taylor. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Corey Taylor should do his more In Search of Darkness and just do a 90s one. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that like goes under the radar for a lot of people. Like, yeah, you got your scream and all that, but still, like, there's stuff that like people just don't even know about that is actually pretty good. Um, best kill. No, I, put, I mean it's it's hard not to it's hard not to love all the 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 lawnmower deaths. I mean, yeah. it's so great. I put uh, when uh, the one person gets fisted through the head. <laughs> <laughs> and he, like, keeps going with the, 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 like, body still attached to his arm. <laughs> it's just over the top. It's great. I mean, here's the thing. It's, like, a 20-way tie in this movie. There's a lot of great kills. Mm-hmm. That one just, for some reason, stuck in my head. <laughs> Pun intended. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. That, that was a great one for me. Yeah, I mean, like Steve said earlier, the the priest is a good one, uh, the father. I, I liked the dog scene, too, just because it was so gross when he was, like, pulling it out of her jaw. Oh, it was so nasty. Yeah. Uh, and then you just pan over to the scene beside her where it's just, like, bloody and fur everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really did like the lawnmower, too, because there's that, they, they hover on the lawnmower really early on in the movie uh, when he's mowing the lawn for his mother. It like pans underneath, and I think it stops on the blade, and you're like, okay, something's gonna happen with that lawnmower later, and then it actually pays off in the end. Sometimes they set up things like that, and you're like, oh, you used it for one thing, and it's not that big of a deal. But this one definitely paid off. <laughs> it's great in a way that like it's that like visual foreshadowing that just always is so great, and like when you go and rewatch the movie, I think it's gonna have more of an emphasis. Like I know when I saw that, I was like, oh uh, yeah, I know what's coming up. But yeah. even if not, like, I think you can kind of tell that they, they ain't doing that for nothing. That little moment's yeah. got some importance. Yes, yes. Cool. Uh, let's see. Dumbest decision. I said not looking down at your food. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one for yeah. Um, I don't know. I put putting that infected rabid monkeys, rat monkey on a plane. Like, I guess they were just the, the guys at the beginning of the movie. There's like the, is he like a zoologist or something going off into the forest looking for this creature? And he gets yeah. it in the cage and he's got like a, this guy with him that's helping him trek through. And he tries to show this permit to the, I don't know if they're supposed to be like a tribe or people or something that live in the jungle or I don't know, forest or whatever. That was my first dumb decision is why are you trying to show this permit to these people? They do not give a shit about your permit. No. But then like they, these, this, these other guys, they, Oh, that's another kill that I forgot, too. The first kill of the movie is that zoologist guy. He gets bit by the monkey, and then they chop his arm off, and then they notice that he's got bit on his other arm, so they chop his other arm off, and then they notice that he's got scratched on his head, 
and then they see the, the final swing down of their knife as he's, he's basically beheaded, and then they steal the monkey from him and just sell it off, basically, and put it on the plane. That starts everything. Yeah. So that's a roundabout explanation of probably my dumbest decision for this movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could also probably say, too, keeping your zombified mother in the basement is probably not a great idea, but at the same time, too, that dude was being gaslit, so... <laughs> I buy it a little bit, but I was like, that's pretty dumb, dude. Like, put her in the burn barrel, put her out back. It's probably the best way to do that, but oh well. Yeah, as soon as she's trying to eat you, I think it's a good time to maybe get rid of That's when you say, I'm, whatever the word is, when you get like separate from your family, you're like, that's when I, I'm, I'm out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I think it might be time to give this a score. What's everyone thinking for a score? Uh, yeah, 10 out of 10. I mean, satisfying every time. It doesn't depreciate in value. Yeah. Um, it's not like, uh, I'm like, oh, this is corny. I mean, it always was. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, whatever tropes, whatever bad thing you can say about it, you said it about it the first time you watched it, and that was part of its appeal. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie, either you're on board or you're getting off the train. And <laughs> I'm on board. Like, I ain't getting off. This is, movie is great. Uh, it's just so cheesy and violent and gory and fun. Like, it's it's really everything that a good horror comedy should be, and then some. So, yeah, no. 10 out of 10. This movie, I, I could probably nitpick and be like, well, you should make this better, make that better, but then it's like, that's a part of the charm. Like, I don't feel like I can take anything away from this movie because it's just what makes this movie what it is. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can give it quite full marks, but I am going to go 9 out of 10 for this. Um, yeah, it was just so over-the-top, like, scenes where I literally could not look at what was going on because it was just so disgusting, and it was... I mean, I made the mistake of smoking a little bit of weed before watching this, too, which I do not recommend if you're the type of person who gets more squeamish when you smoke because, oh, that was a bad idea. Um, but otherwise, it's like, it, it's got everything. It's got the little bit of goofy snarkiness to it it's got the characters that i mean they don't have a lot really going on to them they just kind of the only thing about them that we know is just within this movie um but i don't think you necessarily need to know too much about them because you're just kind of along for the ride for this so um yeah it's oh, it was disgusting in the best way possible yeah yeah and uh, yeah i mean yeah, I would say check out more Peter Jackson's work, but I, I feel like this might be my favorite movie of this. I don't know. Like, even The Frighteners, which is, I think, still a good movie, I don't think holds a candle to brain dead. So. Mm, yeah. There's just, there's just like, an attitude about this movie that you just can't help but love. Yeah. I feel there's such different types of horror, though. Yeah. Like, within the same creator... They're so, they're so massively different. I don't know if I said this on the Frighteners episode, but Frighteners is very much playing in gothic horror. Mm -hmm. I, even though there is a gothicness to Dead Alive, it's just, it's just the splatter just overshadows it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think if you, if I didn't know that these both Peter Jackson movies and didn't know anything about them and you sat me down and watched them back to back, I maybe wouldn't even necessarily guess that they were made by the same person because of the differences between them yeah. I, and, and that might be mostly visual like because Frighteners is so devoid of any gore <laughs> whereas Brain Dead is like that's like full of it from start to finish almost so yeah yeah, it's, it's interesting to watch them both uh, for, for these episodes totally yeah 
Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me at the Steeple Dead on Twitter and Instagram, and I think on Letterboxd as well. We're trying to keep everything uh, up to date. Um, I'm also on uh, the ship of Shane Hewitt on Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific uh, across Canada. And um, also in Vancouver Local, I'm part of the three things for the weekend on uh, on Jazz, the Jazz Joel Hall show on Friday afternoons. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, mostly Instagram and Twitch. My username is Techronomicon. I stream Wednesdays and Fridays uh, normally, but that sometimes changes. You can check uh, on my schedule. I'll update it normally. And on my blog, sirsianic.home.blog, I'll post if I do anything else, any other projects that I have. Yeah. Nice. I'm over at dreamernerds.com. Got stuff going up almost every day. Uh, Twitter.com, film Kurt, Pinnacle, Letterboxd. Probably by the time this is out, I'm guessing. Yeah, Turtles will be out. So maybe I'll be able to determine for myself whether it's the worst Marvel movie, like everyone else is saying, which I find kind of hilarious, but... Yeah, I find it weird that people are saying that, and then Chloe Zhao is the one that made it, who hasn't, I've loved everything she's done, so I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah, I kind of feel like, in my opinion at least, it's probably just like the the, the toxic fandom, the same people that are probably saying that you don't know don't know cinema because you don't didn't give uh, Snyder Cut High Score. These people yeah. are just like, you're going well, outside my comfort zone, how dare you? Like, Well, and it's getting review-bombed. Um, as far as the Flickster side, because they're saying because of LGBTQ inclusion, which is just mm. stupid. But yeah, it's twenty twenty one, fuckers. Like, love is love, motherfuckers. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm seeing that this week. So uh, check out my letter books to see if I what, what I thought of it. But uh, yeah, well, our next uh, double feature is uh, let's see here, uh, Donnie Darko in the box. So, yeah, Richard Kelly double feature. Very underrated. That I love Kelly. Richard Kelly. I love yeah. that man. Donnie Darko, a high school Taylor favorite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My first time watch for this story, for this movie will be wild. So, can't be sure that. You know, you know, Sucka Fuck is going to be the line. <laughs> right? There's no other line that wins. There's probably going to be a couple that I can pull from this, just just from like things that I loved as a teenager. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.